Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is the uncomfortable truth, and we're going to do a little exercise this morning just to help you get your mind right. We're trying to get our minds right in here too for the podcast this morning. So if you would close your eyes with me and just let's go back to school. Okay, let's go back and let's just imagine, think about that teacher, that one teacher, the meanest teacher you ever had. Think about her. Think about you walking into her class. You're trying to be studious that day. You sit in the front row, and you're just you're, you're really trying to make a change, uh, but but it's tough, and you're doing something different. And you sit down in the front row. Class gets started, and the teacher turns to you, gives you a slightly sly, evil grin, turns around. And digs her fingernails into the chalkboard as hard as she possibly can and <laughs> rakes them all the way across. Oh. Now that you're uncomfortable, we can start. Here we go. <laughs> Today's Brandon's week. And uh, who wants to start us off in prayer this week? I'll go ahead since it's my week. All right. Dear Lord, we love you and we thank you for, Lord, really just your grace and uh, your peace that you provide, Lord. We know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that uh, you have us in the palm of your hand, Lord. Lord, let us remember that uh, second by second when we start to uh, drift and get away from that uh, very calming uh, truth, Lord. Lord, help us to uh, be genuine and uh, just let our heart for you come out in this uh, episode today. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. 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 So... Shane reminded me last night, and it's important that you all know that we're just four human dudes that uh, screw up at life all the time. Amen. Uh, so uh, that's kind of what brought us together in a way that uh, I think we've bonded as brothers is you have this unique connection, uh, older brother to younger brother, younger brother to older brother, and when you get to spend time with uh, another set of brothers, you kind of see some similarities in how you grew up and the connections you have, and um Sean and Obi are similar to Shane and I, I would say, where our relationship has blossomed to a kind of a cheesy word. Like but, a flower. Yeah, but we're going to go with it because uh-huh. it came beautiful. out. It's beautiful. So you, we've gotten closer, and uh, it, it's turned into an accountability of sorts. And uh, let me just tell you, if I ever thought my brother was going to be helping hold me accountable, I would have shook my head as profusely as possible years ago. <laughs> so uh, we've definitely come a long way. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. A lot of stories all of us could tell about each other in this Absolutely. room. No doubt. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about fear and anxiety, but I'm going to tell you an awesome story, one of possibly my favorite stories ever. Uh, you will learn about me that I love sports. We all do sitting at this table. Uh, baseball has and still does play a intricate role in my life all the way back from loving it from the day I could walk, to coaching it, to playing it, all of those things. So when I was around 12 or 13 years old, I played on a uh, 
pretty solid team in the area. The coach was an ex-Texas Longhorn. He played for the national championship team as a catcher. And he had hired a guy that we all referred to as Doc. Doc was this, in my mind, at 12 or 13 years old, you got to remember that part, you know, how jaded that becomes or skewed uh, as we age. Uh, Doc was this little, frail, 80-year-old, tiny man that was just, had the most awesome stories that you would swear he was making them up if you weren't watching him tell you and just how genuine he was when he told you. And so one day... We're all sitting around talking. Now, Doc, Doc was called Doc because he had a background in the medical history or medical field, and he worked with some of the greatest that uh, were, you know, O.J. OJ Simpson. Don't think about the stuff you know about O.J. <laughs> then, you know, back that we know. But back then, he was an amazing athlete. Uh, Roger Clemens, names like that. Doc was tiny, but he could put his finger on a spot in your body or a muscle that was tender, and he could – essentially figure out just from his experience what you had probably done and where the issue was coming from. Pressure points. Pressure points, yeah. Now, he, he didn't weigh 7,500 pounds soaking wet. I mean, he was that tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he could make, you know, young men, you know, move and, you know, get uncomfortable, but for their benefit. So one day we're sitting around and um, we're talking about just not performing at the best level we can on the baseball field. And, um, you know, we all have those experiences where we go, I can provide more than I'm bringing to the table. There's more in me, and I can't get it out. And typically, that's from fear, doubt, and anxiety that almost puts a wall in front of us that we have a hard time getting through or around. So Doc says, you know, back in the day when Roger Clemens was a rookie for the Boston Red Sox, and he wasn't just any rookie. I believe he won Rookie of the Year that year, if I'm not mistaken. He was dominating the major leagues, and um, him and Doc had a good relationship, and, uh, but he had this one issue. Um, and so he calls Doc, and he says, Doc, man, I'm having a great year. I'm you know, on course to be one of the best pitchers this year, if not the best pitcher. But I'm having this issue. I get all the way through the game. I dominate, and I get to two outs in the ninth inning. So people pitch complete games back then. That's not very common. Is this today. when pitchers were real men? This is when pitchers were real men. <laughs> this is probably when pitchers were like people that you would not want to run into in a back alley uh, if, yeah, if right. it was going down. I say that like I pitched in the major yeah, leagues. Yeah, yeah. If you so, can go to one out, you're better than I am. <laughs> so he said he'd get to the ninth inning, he'd get those two outs, and he could not finish the inning to finish the complete game. He said he would just run into this roadblock. And um, each of those times, his coach had to come out to get a reliever to come in to get the final out. So Doc says very wisely, uh, let, me, let me give it some thought and I'll call you back. So a couple of days go by, he uh, gives some thought, he calls Roger back and he says, all right, Roger. He says, I got the solution. And he said Roger was very excited because he really trusted Doc. And Doc said, okay, when you get to those two outs or one out remaining in the ninth inning before a complete game, step off the rubber, call time, Call your coach out and look him in the eye and tell him you're not man enough to finish the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, this is a, at this time probably a 5'8, 135 pound man telling the rookie of the year. <laughs> I think he won 21 games that year. You need to man up. Okay. So, the correlation to that is this if Roger Clemens can have 
fear and anxiety in some capacity of not completing a game. And we circle this back around to the Bible. Every man that the Lord did anything phenomenally through was dealing with something that you and I deal with today. Fear, anxiety, doubt, okay? Moses was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, and he doubted himself. The Lord was telling him, you are my man, and he doubted himself, okay? So we like to be real and uncomfortable here. I don't, I used to not ever deal with anxiety. I do now, and I don't know why, but here's what I do know. I do know it doesn't come from the Lord. And uh, so I had a couple of verses that I wanted to tie into, and then I want to get y'all's thoughts. Um, Philippians 4, 6. The answers are in the Bible, people. Every single answer we need, it is in the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then one other one, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For, not, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love, and of a sound mind. So anytime we're struggling with having a sound mind, we're fearful, we're angst-ridden, we're anxiety-filled, that's not from the Lord. And it's that simple. So these four men here, three men, excuse me, three men here play a role in my life when I am getting off path to walking towards Jesus or staying close to him. I ask them to pray for me. I did that this week. And to tell you how full circle my life has come, I would have never even considered that five years ago. And now I, I know that when three other men who are sinners just like me or seeking Jesus just like me are praying for me, I feel like I'm going to battle with an army. I feel like Doc saying, here's how you man up, brother. You know, this is how you finish this inning. All right, and it's not by yourself. Okay. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I know we've all had conversations, but I just love to bounce it around and let y'all piggyback off of that, and uh, we'll, well go from there. I'll take I'll take the first the first go at that. Um, if you're listening and you feel like Brandon just threw a dart right into your nose, <laughs> then you officially feel like me. So <laughs> did it go up the nostril it, it, like it went, pierced <laughs> like like a piercing? It, it it pretty much pierced every thing on my face <laughs> so I, I think it was more like 17 darts <laughs> like that, that dot, actually a got dart thrown. shotgun exactly yeah it was a dart shotgun um brandon i mean that's that's a that's a big struggle uh that, that i struggle with you know we all have sin we all have uh things that that we struggle with that aren't from the lord um and it's you know something we deal with that may be our kryptonite uh, I absolutely feel at times that fear and anxiety are my kryptonite. Um, you know, Superman, when I say kryptonite, y'all, y'all know that Superman kryptonite was the one thing that could, that could kill Superman. Um, you know, that he, it was his one downfall that he couldn't get past. Um, nevertheless, we can get past this fear and anxiety that, that we have, that we struggle with. Uh, there's so much scripture to back it up. Um, I've struggled with it, um, you know, for a really long time. I would say most of the fear, uh, an- anxiousness that 
that I might have may be health driven, um, you know, just fear of uh, possible future outcomes of just about anything in life. You know, you can, you can, you can get focused on what might happen tomorrow or next week or next year and it can steal your joy and uh, it can steal the peace that you have. And ultimately the only thing that I've ever learned how to uh, deal with any type of fear, anxiety, struggles that I experience is getting in the word and, and, and seeking truth um, along with just like Brandon said, surrounding myself with men and women who lift me up, um, pull me out of those gutters whenever I find myself in one. And, uh, yeah, so this, this is absolutely a topic that hits, hits me in the face. Um, something that I absolutely, you know, uh, have to work on a day in and day out basis to, uh, to stay in alignment with the Lord, stay in, stay in the space that God calls me to be in so that I don't slip into those cracks of anxiousness that I uh, occasionally can fall into. For those of you who don't know, uh, I'm the oldest one of the group. I'm 43 years old. And, uh, you know, I vividly remember about the age of 35 is whenever uh, my anxiety started running higher than um, than it ever had. And, uh, you know, um, for whatever reason, I don't know, 35 was kind of the age for me. And, uh, you know, I... Superman, you know, when you're talking about super, I kind of felt like Superman or bulletproof, you know, up until that point. And then, um, you know, everything from um, health anxiety to uh, anxiety about, um, you know, uh, at the time, you know, I owned a business and we had several employees and worrying about whether or not, you know, we were going to get more sales, uh, worrying about whether or not I was going to be able to you know, pay the guys or have to let them go, or I, I don't know. It's like, I, it's almost like I was blinded to it before that point. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm just grabbing for straws, you know, and it's, um, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. Uh, anxiety is a scary thing. It's, uh, you know, and a part of me, uh, wonders, you know, does God allow that to creep into our life? So we do turn around and seek him. You know, maybe we haven't been seeking him. Um, I know that it's not from God. Uh, I know that, you know, any kind of fear um, is from is from the devil, you know, and uh, because peace, you know, um, is from the Lord. And uh, but it's a um, it's absolutely a uh, an unsettling, scary thing. And uh, I think today more than ever. Uh, in this uh, in this environment um, of COVID nineteen, and I, I think anxiety is running high for for lots of people, uh, for uh, not just people but marriages and uh, companies and business. I mean, it's um, it's a um, it's a time of high anxiety, no doubt. Sounds like a pretty common theme here. Um, I, I would have a similar story, Sean, about a year and a half ago maybe two years ago, year and a half, um, I just felt it creeping in. And I honestly, <clears throat> anxiousness, um, honestly didn't even know what to call it mm-hmm. at the time because it's a feeling that I had never felt before. It's something that, as a man, when you feel something creeping in, like anxiousness, it's something that uh, is 
a lot of times it's outside of our control. My situation, some of it was some things that I'd caused and some of it was some things that I just couldn't control at all. And so, I mean, in reality, we're not in control anyway. So why, why do you guys think, uh, Brandon, you're 39 years old. Yep. 39. I'll be 36. John, 43. 43. I'm 37. It seems like, you know, most of these things have happened at a 30 years old, mid thirties, where we start to realize that this is actually what's going on in our lives, that we're having some anxiety. First of all, it's hard to admit that because you have to admit that, uh, you're vulnerable, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I am not in control. Um, it's, it's very difficult to even admit that. But why do you guys think that these things begin to creep in at the ages that we are now when it, it feels like it may have happened all of a sudden? For me, it does. Um, sure. what, what do you guys think? Um, my stab at that is, you know, you get, you get in your mid-30s. Think about the ages of your, your children at that time. Um, you know, generally, most of us at that time had been married. 10 plus years, you know, uh, you're most of us, you know, in, in that time had not necessarily been at the peak of our careers, but, uh, moving into maybe a portion of our careers where uh, the decisions that we make are a lot more important than they were prior to that point. And so it's almost like life as we knew it became so much more or real, uh, and and all the responsibilities that we have and that we carry, um, to me, were are just at that time of of a man's life are amplified at the highest point that they have been up until then. Um, you know that that's that's my story. Uh, that that's my theory, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, I don't know. It, it's like. For me, um, you know, I, I said a lot A lot of my anxiety that I do struggle with may be health-related, you know, uh, fear of, you know, not being here for my family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was that's always been, I would say, the number one um, thing that I, that I struggle with from an anxiety standpoint. And so um, just the thought process behind... Um, what life would look like without me in it for them became more real at that at that point in my life yeah, than, than it ever had before. For those of you that don't know, Obi and I are life insurance agents, and uh, so we're constantly and Brandon, <laughs> and we're constantly having uh to to revisit um and paint that picture of what life would be like uh mm -hmm. to our our clients. And, um, you know, so, uh, it's a constant reminder, right? Absolutely. And, uh, so, um, you know, which in turn causes you to reflect in your own life and, uh, what, what, what would that look like? So it's, it's very easy to go there from a, um, uh, in my absence, you know, what would life look like? Uh, oh, by the way, uh, is that a heart murmur? What's going on there? You know, that feels weird. Uh, I've never heard that. I've never felt that tick before. You know, that's, uh, that's scary. And, uh, 
So, um, yeah, I mean, um, I'm with you when it comes to my health, you know, it's, right. um, it is a, um, it's a scary thing. I think we've said this in the past, um, a couple of episodes, but you know, we can't pour into people, uh, and share Jesus from an empty cup. And <clears throat> when my kind of peak of anxiety hit, there were a lot of things in my life that, well, there was a lot of sin. Okay. A lot of it I created uh, directly by choices of my own choosing. Um, so when I look back at when, at to this point in my life, the climax of the anxiety, um, it was related to a lot of choices I'd made in previous years all coming to a head. And, you know, it it has forced me, and I still have the choice because it's, you know, Jesus gives us that choice. That's the beauty of our, our walk with the Lord. Um, it forced me to make a decision. I said, am I, am I going to continue to be fear-ridden on my own? Which, you know, the devil comes to kill, still and destroy. Still kill and destroy. And that is not fodder. I, I'm not, you will hear me say that more than anything. He is the most deceptive enemy you will ever go up against. And so... It was at my weakest point that it came out to the to the most aggressive um, part. I I was ridden with anxiety the most at when there was so much sin I was trying to deal with. I guess would be the way to say it. Yeah, it makes sense. It just piles and piles and piles and piles on you, and uh, sometimes we don't even realize we're carrying it. Um, I think I've read some scientific studies talking about like how our brains view consequences, and I believe that, look them up, but I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think I remember, is that you're, the part of your brain that develops uh, into analyzing consequences isn't fully developed until sometime between 20 and 28 years old. And so that may have something to do, like God made us this way. Um, so the, you know, I just, I just thinking about it right now, I think about like, as a 12-year-old, God doesn't, we're not ready for that, and he knows it, right? Mm -hmm. You look back at that, and if he piled all that on you as a 12-year-old, it'd be very difficult, and some 12-year-olds have to deal with Jeez. some of this stuff. It's okay. it's incredible, like, that they can even make it through. Um, but I, I think about as all those things pile up, and then you get to a point where uh, your mortality is a little bit, more real and we're a little bit more aware of our mortality as we get older we're at 28 we may still think we can conquer the world nobody can hurt us and then those those things start getting real for us and start piling up and and then there's a, a crisis of conscience mm -hmm. to where we realize um where our one true where we should be living how we should be living towards our one true God. Obi and I were talking one time. This was a while back. Um, and I was just kind of trying to figure out, like, the analogy of how this might work out. And so imagine that you are on a – you started your life, and you're building this train. You're building the tracks, and this train is your life train. And you – you're you know, in the beginning, you're just – you're getting the frame built. You're getting the wheels on. A couple of years in, the – you know, the thing's starting to crank up. You're actually beginning to move down the tracks, and uh, 
you're 20, you're rolling pretty good. You have some hiccups, um, some engine failures, some, some repairs you have to make. And then say you're 30, you're rolling or rolling down the tracks. And we're throwing that coal in there. It's a coal train. We're throwing that coal in there and it's burning hot and we're, we're, we're rolling. All of a sudden, a big rock's in front of you and your train explodes. And there's a, there's a set of tracks right beside you. And you get off the train unhurt, fortunately. And the set of tracks right beside you has materials and God's standing there. And, he's, and he says, hey, this is my track. Right, you've been on your track. Now you're going to be on my track and I'm going to build this train for you and you're going to go down my path. And so at that moment, we have to decide, are we going to try to rebuild our train when we know that that don't work and we've been fighting it? Or are we going to hop on his tracks and, and follow his way? That's exactly right. Um, I remember where we were standing when we had that conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how... Um, you know, I, I think in that in that moment, um, we were talking about how, you know, in both of our lives, God had recently at that time put us on His track, and He's He's like, "You're done. You're done going down your track, and and you're on my track now, and and this is the one that that I, that I need you on. This is the this is the one where you need to be. Um, this is the only way you're going to get through this." And, and so it's just interesting how in our moments of angst, you know, in our moments of, of struggling, it's almost like our minds are trying to get back. They're, they're trying to get back on that other track, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and we're just sitting there thinking, you know, there were some good feelings I had on that track and, 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 you know, I want to, I want to get back on this other one. And, and I'm telling you, you know, I call it here recently, and this is like just been the last couple weeks, uh, you know, Sean and I've had some conversations about staying in the space that, that God has put us in and, and uh, this space that we have, you know, worked in while building our relationship with the Lord and, and, basically you know how when we literally take one like pinky toe (laughs) and stick it like on the outside of that space how things can start to crumble around us um and so i've just i was telling sean you know how important it is for me to stay in alignment to stay in that space and the longer that you do that you know just for, for our listeners out there, the longer that you can be obedient to the Lord and stay in that space that he would have you in and that he's and stay on that track, uh, you know, that, that he has put us on that new train track, the easier it gets um, to to deal with those fears, those struggles, those worries of what tomorrow will bring, you know. And, um, you know, every <laughs> – it's just – it's the way God designed it. You know, it's, it's just literally the way that he designed it. He designed us to be in alignment with him. And when we are, it's just sometimes we're surprised in that we do start experiencing peace and joy. And it, it doesn't always happen immediately. Uh, I, I, for me, it, it's, taken a, um, it's taken a lot of uh, me just 
continue to do what I knew was right, even though I didn't necessarily feel it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I think we all get misguided by the fact that emotions should direct our path because emotions lie to you a lot. That's kind of back to that undeveloped brain for, for men. Uh, that zero to 28 years old or 30 years old, or 35 years old on that other track, that's a lot of neurological pathways that have been developed. You don't just hop out of that one day and go, okay, I'm done with that, you know, no matter how many crashes you have. So when you start on that new walk, um, you know, and I'll use my example this week, five years ago, I'd have never, I would have, one, not had anybody that I felt comfortable texting to say, hey, pray for me. Two, even if there was someone, I wouldn't have asked. Now, when and where that peace comes from, that's between you and the Lord and when that happens. But I can assure you that it's much easier, having learned the other way many times, to realize that our test that the Lord, uh, you know, because it gives us the free will to choose him, but we need him all the time. And that's a beautiful dichotomy. You know, we need him, but we get to choosing. It's the only way that we can really connect with people and share Jesus. And in my walk of life so far, I connect with the people the deepest that have had similar walks of life as me. And I don't think that's coincidental. I think we were put on this earth to have relationships around the Lord. So, Yeah, that's good. Um, Out of all that, that was really deep and good. What does dichotomy mean? (laughs) Basically, a breakdown, I believe, between two things and how they connect together and one supports the other. I like that. Yeah. I hope so. If everybody looks it up and it's wrong, day. Sorry. My wife accuses me of using the wrong words. I didn't know. That's why I was asking. So, a quick testimony. uh, Just, uh, I want to share with everybody, uh, you know, before I got into insurance, um, I was um, in the uh, furniture and lighting industry. Uh, We were a furniture and lighting manufacturer. So we would go to shows all over the place, and uh, everybody's saying about five years ago, you, you've referred to that a couple of times. I'm, about six years ago, I guess I was around 37, 38 years old, um, we had gone to a, uh, a show, the Congress, um, and uh, it's a big quarter horse show. And uh, during that time, uh, about two or three months prior to going to this show, I started breaking out in hives. Um, every morning I'd wake up and, uh, man, if I had my shirt off, everybody was going, man, what's wrong? I mean, just hives back front. I mean, just, it was terrible all over my face and neck. And, um, man, we didn't know what was going on. You know, um, I was, uh, it was stressing me out. I went to, uh, two or three different doctors trying to figure out what's going on. Every, every doctor I went to was like, Hey, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. It's stress. It's stress. It's stress. And I'm like, no, something's going on. I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, so I'm down there. Uh, I had to go. Uh, I had an employee that went out to that show for the first 15 days. It's a 30-day show, extremely long show. The second 15 days, I'm going out there. So I flew up there um, to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I'm there at the show. And anyway, uh, just stressed out, but we're having a great show. Um, in fact... That was probably one of the biggest cash shows we had ever had. I mean, like, all of those big horse people. I mean, uh, it was interesting. I mean, you'd see, like, horses selling for 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I think one one horse sold for like a million dollars. They're selling these million dollar horse trailers, and and everybody wanted to play pay cash. And uh, anyway, and um, so I vividly remember, you know. Um, Back uh, in my more materialistic days, uh, you know, I uh, while I was there, traded in the dually that w- I had that was perfectly fine for a brand new King Ranch dually, and uh, and 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 I I, I remember uh, t- it was the last evening, and uh, we were all loading everything up in the trailer. I had this new King Ranch truck and uh, all this cash, and I, I remember I got went back to the hotel room and I'm counting all this cash. And it was, I think it was like $68,000 in cash, which was a, a lot of money to me. And um, anyway, and um, so the next morning, I uh, go to sleep. You know, I'm stressed out. We work till 3 in the morning. I wake up the next morning, and I'm just covered, covered in hives and on another level. And all along the while, I'm losing weight. Uh, it's um, – it, it, I don't know what's going on with me. And uh, the hives were worse than I've ever seen them. I looked in the mirror, I mean, and almost unrecognizable, I'm like, my Lord, you know, like, what is going on? And I'm getting emotional, bro. I mean, like, and I just went in there, and uh, and I, I remember looking out there at this new truck I'd got and, and seeing all this, this 68,000 cash laying on the bed, and I, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I, I dropped down to my knees, and I, I started crying, and I just said, God, I don't want the cash. I don't want the truck. This is all so silly. It's so dumb. I mean, it does. I mean, it's it, it's so irrelevant, you know, to to my purpose. And uh, that was the day that God put me on His track, one thousand percent. And uh, you know, it was just, um, it was really. I, I think I was down on my knees, crying and praying for probably a solid hour. Uh, I remember when I left that day, opening the door. And the maid was out there with these big eyes, like, "Are you okay? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Are you okay?" And uh, and I was just praying for God to heal me, and uh, and I and it was um, it was amazing because um, a guy had flown in uh, that was going to drive all the way back um, because I was in no condition to drive, just because I was so exhausted from breaking down in the show and everything, and. Uh, Kevin had came down and, uh, we were driving back and, um, I remember the neck, the, the day after I'd gotten back, I went in for a routine teeth cleaning, um, and, uh, here in Hallsville. And, uh, anyway, um, they did a CT scan of my head and they found a, uh, uh, inside of my sinus cavity, there was a terrible infection that ended up, um, long story short, I had to have a series of bone grafts in the base of my sinus cavity. And um, it healed me. I mean that 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 was how um, that was how I got redeemed. Wow. But from that point forward uh, is whenever I started sending out devotionals. It's really it's really when I started seeking God on a, on another level. And um, you know he he allowed that to happen in my life to get my attention and to get me on the right track. Wow. Awesome. Amen. Amen. What a story, man. That's incredible how God can take those moments that we think are our biggest wins in life. You know. Sean, you could have easily walked away from that moment and like, I'm the man. This is the biggest win I've ever had. I want more and more and more of this. But how God takes those moments that are unorthodox by the world's opinion and can turn us and put us on his track. Amen. I 
I'm debating whether to make a joke here. <laughs> Sean, I honestly thought you were going to say that you were allergic to money, and that's what the house was from. <laughs> no. It was so much better than that, though. Yeah, Holy it was moly. better, but that was... <laughs> <laughs> that's all for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Brandon, your verse was Philippians 4, 6. Uh-huh. And Second Timothy one seven. Correct. You want to go out on those one yeah. more time? Uh, hey, can I read one verse yeah. real quick? Yes, um, sir. This is Matthew six twenty seven. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Amen. Amen. Where I love how God asks us questions. No doubt. <laughs> he knows the answer to. It's like the wise man that we get to spend time with, or that grandpa that doesn't ever answer your questions, just ask you questions. You're like, crap. <laughs> That's God. what I should have paid attention to. All right, two Absolutely. verses. Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then Philippians four six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If that doesn't give you peace, you're not reading the words I'm reading. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, everybody go out and kick the day in the face. Just don't kick anybody else. Have a good one. See you.